0: episode 15 of Teachers Talk Film. This is Mitchell Main here reporting live and direct per usual with my great friend, fellow teacher, Mr. Ray. Mr. Ray, how are we doing today?
1: Um, I'm, I'm doing good. I'm a little upset with one thing and uh, you're maybe the only person I can talk about this with. I'm really tired of uh, characters in movies kissing with no reason to kiss.
0: Are you referring to the end of the movie that we watched today?
1: No, this movie actually has a good kiss, I feel. Um, I'm talking about, I just watched, I went on a little journey. I watched all three of the Jurassic World movies. I've seen the new one as well. There are so many just weird kissing scenes in there that come out of nowhere and like moments of danger, and I've just had enough. So that's what I'd like to start with today.
0: I like it. I'm. We'll get to the kissing scene at the end. I have my own thoughts about that for the movie that we're going to watch today. Um, And that is Licorice Pizza. Um, Released last year, 2021. Um, Critically acclaimed. It was nominated for Best Picture. Ended up losing to um, CODA. Great movie. Great movie. Um, Before we get into that, though, there is a, a... waterbed motif throughout this film, um, those who have seen licorice pizza know obviously what I'm talking about. Um, but waterbeds, you either love them or you hate them or you couldn't care less. Um, (laughs) what's your experience with the waterbed? Have you had one? Have you laid in one? If you haven't, what do you think it would feel like? Take it away.
1: So I've like, I think I've maybe seen one once, uh, It was like a friend of a friend's. And I just remember like you had to be real careful with it. You couldn't like, it was the fear that it was going to pop. So I, I have very few experiences and memories with waterbeds and um, I can't imagine what sleeping on one every night would be like, I, I have to imagine it would be uncomfortable after maybe one night I'd be done with it but i don't know maybe it's the best thing in the world and maybe uh maybe tonight i will i'll go buy a pool floaty now is that the same thing if you like just float in a pool is that the same as sleeping on a waterbed i don't know
0: i would argue that it's not i would argue laying on a floaty in the middle of the colorado river would be more comforting than laying on a waterbed. Um, my cousin. I never so had been one. On a water bed. Bed. Yeah, I have. My cousin had one um, back in the day. This was when like it was appropriate to sleep on the same bed with your cousin when you're like six, seven years old. Um, <clears throat> and so my cousin was around like six or seven at the time, and I was a little older, maybe ten or eleven. And he had a water bed, and naturally. I'm a bigger body to person. He's a little guy. Um, and so like the weight distribution, he had a relatively large size watered bed, but yeah, you're doing the little balance beam thing here. He was like basically laying on my shoulder the whole time because all of the water just sinks down to where I was at. Um, <laughs> there was one night where he got so sick of it. He slept on the couch and then I stayed in the waterbed, and I still didn't like it too much. Um, there's a lot of like popularity, or there was a lot of popularity with the waterbed. Um, but it's kind of like um, you know, any Jack Harlow Lil Nas X song. Um, they come and they go. Um, and that's what the waterbed was. So never owned one, never will own one. Not a fan, not a
1: fan. Waterbed. That do see like something that should be like popular these days with all the crazy things that people do or weird things that people do um like i i would imagine someone's gonna come out and say like oh you know how you get good sleep you put you put sand in between your mattresses and you just sleep on sand it's like sleeping on the beach uh so, yeah, I, the waterbeds are so weird, so weird. But, you know, maybe they'll, they'll catch back on one day.
0: Yeah, I think it was like a stylistic trend. And as we know, style is cyclical. So maybe like in 10 years, we'll see the waterbed come back. I did a little research before we started recording. Um, the earliest waterbed like invention was I believe it was 1968. Um, from some guy in san francisco and that makes sense because our movie today licorice pizza i think it's set in 72 california maybe a little later but i do know it's the 70s so relatively within that frame of when they were on the rise gaining popularity um but yeah i don't know anybody now in 2022 who owns a waterbed um yeah
1: i I think that uh, there's something wrong with humans that it took us till 1968 to <laughs> decide to put water in a bed. Somebody had to have thought of that before. Like, hey, this might be comfortable to sleep on. I don't know. I don't know.
0: The sleep and dream technology, as stated <laughs> in the film. And you can impress your lady friend with the waterbed, apparently.
1: Yeah, especially if it's a soggy bottom waterbed. Yeah, yeah, what a yeah. terrible name.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Let's get into this movie. Um, we're already sort of hinting at it. Those who have seen it know what we're talking about. Um, but this is Licorice Pizza. This is the story of Alana Kane and Gary Valentine growing up, running around, and going through the treacherous navigation of first love in the San Fernando Valley in 1973. So I was close. Um, this is directed by Paul Thomas Anderson, released last year, like we said, nominated for Best Picture, ultimately lost to CODA. Um You had seen this before. I had not seen it. And I've just been wanting to see it for the longest time. Um, So this was your second run through. You can start us off however you want. Um, Differences that you noticed, things you liked, wherever you want to go, take it away.
1: Let's go with this. And I'm just going to start with a question. I'm not going to say anything. Does (laughs) does every movie need to have a plot? (laughs) (laughs) what's your answer to that question um it's funny you
0: ask that i i just watched recently um i'm thinking of ending things have you seen that
1: uh no but i remember isn't it like just crazy and weird and hard to figure out what's going on
0: charlie kaufman um yeah director it's on netflix my brother recommended it and if you haven't seen it i think you need to check it out I gave it in 87 on my spreadsheet, but I couldn't tell you like the message, (laughs) like, like there are plot points and like, it's really cool. And like, I can like get into some like philosophical ideas that I think are being hinted at, but the plot points are so bizarre, like four stories going at once. It's plot a to plot J to plot B all the way to plot Z. Back to plot C, and you get it. It's just all over the place. Um, but I still enjoyed it. Um, so with to answer your question, I think a movie doesn't need to have a plot if it is strong in other areas. Um, I had my wife, Shelby, with me last night. I told her I was going to watch this licorice pizza film. And she looked at the trailer. She's very picky with her movie watching. Uh, she looked at the trailer she goes, this looks stupid. I'm not watching it. And I was like, why? And she was like, because it it looks like it's about absolutely nothing. Um, so I think for some people, there is a need for like a plot and a linear story. But for me, I can appreciate other things.
1: Um, I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I don't know. I go, I go back and forth, especially with this movie. Um, because I do feel like there is a linear progression of things. Like it's not like a... Um, it's not like a movie that's hard to figure out, but at the same time, I just feel like there, there is nothing that, that totally melds together with this movie. It's just so, so all over the place uh, with its, with its plot points. Like we, we go from like being an actor to selling mattresses to like, um, being a moving company to or I guess they're they're just moving the waterbed in there um to like the pinball thing and then there's like the political stuff behind it I don't know it's just kind of all over the place and I don't think it's a bad thing like I it's just something I noticed I don't think it like I I don't love it about the movie that it's so just all over the place and c- kind of seems random um but it's also not a bad thing. I'm kind of in the middle there. I I don't know if that makes sense, but.
0: We talked about like the concept of balance in the, he got game episode a while back. I think this movie, like it's thriving on like the concept of balance um, through our two main characters, Alana and Gary through the first half of this movie, like, I was thinking to myself, like, what is so special about this? Like, I kind of felt weird about Alana's character in the first half. Um, But then as, like, I'm seeing, like, the themes get developed about, like, balancing your adult life and your youth life and, like, trying to find the two and, like, the equal balance. Like, I started to appreciate the film and, like, the artistic direction that Paul Thomas Anderson went with. I think the writing in the story specifically with those two characters is what makes me really like the movie. And I also kind of scoff at it in some respects. Um, And I was going to ask you about something with that, but I think like, cause in reality, they don't do a whole lot like in the movie, like Gary's doing a little bit of everything um, while kind of nothing at the same time. And Alana is a 25 year old woman still trying to find herself like a 12 year old would. Um, (laughs) but I think there's charm to it and it's like this is a no matter your age you can still find the balance between like your youthful exuberance and like the necessities of adulthood which I think is what the film is trying to get at Um, and I think the way that it's shown through the characters is really what makes it worthy of watching I could see why some people would absolutely not like this movie though because there is no like real eventful plot points you could say.
1: Yeah. There's no, I I don't feel, uh, maybe, maybe, maybe I was going to say, I don't feel like there's a climax, but I guess it kind of happens at the very end. Maybe. Um, I don't know. And again, I, I kind of like that about this movie. Uh, i I would like it to have maybe just a little bit more cohesiveness, but, um, And and like you said, you were talking about, like, being a kid. Maybe the plot, like, helps to show that. That Gary, he's kind of just running around doing whatever he wants to do. That's kind of what being a kid is. Um, So, yeah, maybe maybe that that works. But, yeah, like you said, I could see people being like, this movie's so boring, nothing's happening when that's what the movie is. Right. You talk about being a
0: kid, and that was one thing I wanted to address. Like, because a lot of... Film watching is interpreting and assuming, right? Like we assume the character's life before the camera starts recording and what will happen afterwards and things like that. Um, And so with Gary's character specifically, I assume he has never really felt like a true adolescent kid growing up because he's been so consumed by the acting world. Like his mom, I believe, is like his PR manager. And like, she's like more so like a collaborative employee than a mother. And like, he's very much so in this realm of business and industry and entertainment. He talks very like cavalier and like chauvinistic and like kind of formal. He's kind of like a Max Fisher from Rushmore in that regard. Yeah. Um, But he's never really had a chance to just play pinball and be a kid and run around with your friends doing inappropriate things with gas tanks. Um, (laughs) And with Alana Kane, it's the same thing. Like she's the youngest of her sisters. We don't get to see a whole lot of like her family dynamic, but anytime like she's at home, she never really engages with her parents or her sisters. She runs right up to her room She was like always being accused of like what she was wearing, where she was. So like there's no sense of agency. Like she's always been kind of constrained to live in the family dynamic and not really explore. So she's never really had the opportunity to be a kid either. I felt is how I interpret it. And then when they find each other, despite the age gap, which I have a lot of problems with, um, they sort of find their youth together
1: yeah that's interesting i think the characters are crazy complex and probably the strongest part of the movie i think gary like you said he's never had the chance to be a kid to me i don't think he wants to be like everywhere he goes he wants to be the adult he wants to be the dude in charge he wants to be like the the main attraction the center of attention um and I, I like that about him. That first meeting between him, I, I guess it's their like first, I don't know, I would to call it a date when they go to the restaurant and they sit down and Gary's just like, uh, so what does your future look like? Like what do you what do you want? What are you gonna be doing in five years? Like he's just so that's not the questions that any 15-year-old would ask. Um, so I, I really like that about him. And then Alana, I feel like like, she is an adult, but she, she has nothing figured out at all, Um, and Gary at least acts like he does, and she's just, like, she just has no idea what's going on, Um, and I feel kind of, I don't know, I feel bad for her at a lot of points throughout the movie, like, she's hanging out with 15-year-old kids because she has nothing else to do, Uh so, yeah, yeah, that's where I, that's where i'm at mainly with the characters and yeah them being together i don't know i guess are here's a question i have for you are they are they like meant for each other are they are the do they have things in common i don't know how where i'm where i'm at with that so this
0: is like kind of where i get into my qualm with the movie i feel like
1: and what, well, like it- taking age out of it, like let's not do the age thing okay. first. Just like, are they are they compatible on just like a, I don't know, person to person level? Uh, yes. Okay. I think so. Do you? I don't know. I just think that there's, there's such like enigmas and so weird, the both of them, that it's hard for me to say that they, belong together but I guess that in itself them being so weird makes them compatible I don't know
0: yeah so I think they're compatible but I think if their relationship was strictly platonic I think the same message is achieved oh okay like I I think like this is where we get to the kissing scene at the end that I didn't like We see the total cliche, I, I say cliche, but it works, where we see one shot with Gary running to the right, or yeah, to the right, and then Alana running to the left, and then they run in and their eyes meet, and then there's that huge embrace, and they just run to each other, and they hug each other, and they just go to the ground. Like, they basically tackle each other, and they're just laughing. Yeah. I wish that the movie ended right at that moment. Like they run into each other, they hug, they laugh, they tackle each other, and then you just see Licorice Pizza end title card. Yeah, that would have been
1: nice, but because,
0: yeah, because after the, go ahead, you're pointing, go, share your thoughts. Well, I would,
1: I would say that I would like it to end because you're right; that would be a great ending. I would like it to end when right after that, Gary goes into the pinball place and he like makes this big grand announcement, and she's just like, "You're such an idiot." bang I wish it would have ended right there like that would have just I I feel like wrapped up the whole movie of like okay they maybe have like this thing for each other but at the same time she thinks he's an idiot and he is an idiot and bang it ends right there okay now get into what happens after that
0: yeah I like that too I think either one of our pitches would have done just as much as the kiss because when they were like before they even started running to each other, I was I was literally saying like please don't kiss, please don't kiss, please don't kiss because like I know like obviously Paul Thomas Anderson made the age gap intentionally. I would have felt better if it was just like an eighteen and a twenty eight age gap. Yeah, like not fifteen and twenty five because maybe that touches personally for us because we are twenty seven year olds teaching. 15, 16, 17 year olds, maybe yours a little younger, but it's just like, it's there's a boundary that should not be crossed. And like it's being crossed and it feels weird as I'm watching it. And so when they kiss at the end, like I get they have like a relationship with each other and maybe it works out. And like I, in the reality of things, like 10 years isn't that big of a difference. Like if you're a 60 year old married to a 50 year old, that's not that weird. At that time where it's so like formative, your formative years, like I think it is a little weird because a 15 year old person is much different or in theory is much different than a 25 year old is. But that was my biggest thing. I was like, I think you can still achieve the same effect of them coming together and finding their youth and their life um, as friends platonically rather than having that cheesy kissing scene at the end that we see in so many movies yeah
1: and i the first time i watched this i mean i watched it right when it came out went and saw it in theaters and i thought absolutely nothing of it like when i watched it like i was just like she's older he's he's 15 i just i just i don't know i just watched the movie and i it i didn't think anything of it and then i remember after i watched it like a week after I watched it, it was like, that's all that people were talking about with the movie was the age gap. And I don't know, I guess I just don't, don't focus on it as much. I think because it's a movie um, and it takes place in the seventies. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know that just maybe that makes it different. I think, yeah, I, I think if this movie was set today in the age gap was like that, then I would think it's weird. I don't know why when it's just put in the seventies and an older time, I don't. Um, But yeah, that, that really didn't cross my mind until I heard people start like talking about it. Uh, And then I was like, Oh yeah, I guess, I guess people could have a problem with that. And I totally, if you do have a problem with that, I totally, I I totally see where it's coming from, but it it didn't, like it took no points off the movie for me. Oh, see, that's
0: I, I rated this very, very high. I love this movie. But it did take points off for me. So that's so weird. And that's so surprising to, and I'm not like critiquing you, but like to hear you say that you never, you didn't think anything of it the first time you watched it. Like that was I was in guess- the back of my head so much.
1: No, I just took them for, um, I guess the characters that they were, and I didn't think about their, their age as much. Uh, and, and this actually fits with kind of what's going on right now. I just saw some article that Laura Dern was, um upset with like how young she was when they filmed the first Jurassic Park and I guess how old I don't even know the guy's name I think his name's Dr. Grant in the movies that there was a big age gap there like I I never in a million years would have thought about that at all I guess it's just not something I think about when I go and I guess that's different because that's her like literal age when she's filming it not her age in the movie um so yeah I don't know
0: Oh, that's strange. Yeah, I don't know. it it raises just another layer of complexity for both their characters, though. And I know we already talked about the characters, but I feel like their performance, like the actors themselves, they did great. Um, and just the way they're written and the way that they're just portraying themselves adds so much complexity to the point where I'm like, like in the first half of the movie, I didn't like Alana because, like when she went to the dinner with Gary the first time and I was like, she really showed up to this place to eat dinner with this kid. Like what is going on?
1: Um, and See, then I think that that's, that's a perfect introduction to her because it shows how lame she is. Like, like you said, I can't believe she showed up to this place. She is so lame and just desperate for like, I guess connection with somebody.
0: I think, yeah, I think that's the biggest thing connection. And Like, I was thinking, what insecurities does she have to be comfortable with going, getting into a nice dress, going to this fancy restaurant and meeting a 15 year old um, and start of and really having this rather mature conversation.
1: Um, And it is he is a 15 year old that acts like a, I don't know, 50 year old, 40 year old. So maybe that's part of it. And I think the perfect conversation to display all of this is towards the end when she just looks at him and she's like, "You know I'm cooler than you, right. like what <laughs> what twenty five year old says that to a kid that's that is so, so, so sad.
0: One thing that happens, um when they're kind of like in their qualm in about in the halfway point when she's um, auditioning as rainbow getting a spam call as she's auditioning as the character rainbow. And she um, basically goes out to dinner with, I think Sean Penn that was Sean Penn, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, She goes to this place and she's trying to act all mature and orders a martini and all these things. Um, She says a line that I think like perfectly encapsulates her character she says, I've never had a martini before. They're good. (laughs) It's, It's like, she doesn't know what she is. She's trying to portray herself as this person of maturity and age and wealth and things like that. But at the same time, I feel like she knows what she's doing is wrong and she's lying to herself. You mentioned the moment where she's smoking the joint with her friend on the side of the highway asking if it's weird that she's hanging out with Gary and his 15 year old friends. Um, So I, I thought that was interesting, that martini quote, especially then because Gary walks in with his 15 year old friends and Gary goes, he gets them a table and he goes, guys, I can get us four martinis right now.
1: <laughs> especially like that's just the sign when you're that young. It's like, um if I can get us alcohol I'm cool like if I can get us alcohol I am the man uh so yeah it's funny that that whole scene or just I guess those little parts revolve around alcohol and yeah not knowing about it when you're old it's a sign that you're like immature and then yeah trying to get it when you're young is the sign that you are mature
0: exactly yeah yeah beautifully put um <laughs> There's a point in the story where I've, I've kind of been shamefully bashing Alana's character. There's a point where it changes. And I begin to see like a true mature sense of herself. Um, she is very childish and immature. Um, but one of the coolest scenes in the movie, in my opinion, is when they're at um, John Peter's house. Played by Bradley Cooper. What Great a job. weird character! Um, Great
1: job, Bradley Cooper does he, so.
0: Yeah, he killed it. He he was so weird, so perverted. Um, yeah, just fits the total Hollywood um, boyfriend of famous actress nobody knows about kind of thing. Um, but anyways, they're in their moving van and they run out of gas at the top of the hill and so we see alana be sort of submissive and kind of going under gary the whole time um like gary's leading the way she says get out and push the car down the hill or push the van down the hill and she's taking the van and she's going in reverse with no gas she just puts the van in neutral and she's going down and she's just going in reverse down this huge Hill. Um the close-ups on her face like show her determination and her seriousness. And Gary's face is just like in shock. Like he's definitely looks like the little kid in this moment. Um, I can't remember exactly what he says when she gets done with it.
1: But like he just screams. He's yeah. <laughs> like he's been on a roller coaster. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: but like I think about like, and maybe this is kind of cheesy and stupid, but like parallel parking um reversing into your parking spot like that's a sign of like dominance right like that's a sign of like hey I'm that person like I can do this kind of thing and she does that in a gigantic van going reverse down a huge hill with no accidents at all and I was like whoa and it's like she handles it like a boss I was like man that was a pivotal point for her in the story for me and
1: I think what's even more important is after that Mm -hmm. because like Gary goes to get the gas and all that. And we see like, they're, they're acting like the gas nozzle. Right. They're acting like little
0: 15 year old boys. Yeah. Like high schoolers. Like that's
1: what, that's what you do. Um, And she is like down on the curb and it's like, you see in that moment, she just thinks like, what am I doing? Like these kids are so stupid and I'm hanging out with them, and I'm doing this stupid stuff with them, and then I do like like this is why I say that it doesn't have a plot, but it does. The very next scene is her trying to get the like what you would think of as the adult job
0: mm-hmm.
1: with like the I don't know what's that guy running for mayor, commission, county commissioner. I don't know Mayor, hey, Yeah, Benny Safty. Cool, cool. Yeah. Um. So. Yeah. I thought that that was a a really just well thought out scene that doesn't hold your hand. It just shows her like, Oh my God, what am I doing? And then it shows her like, okay. Um, I need to, I need to be an adult.
0: Yeah. She reaches out to like his campaign manager and like, she wants to be a volunteer, um, basically helping getting his campaign to launch and things like that. Um, That was the moment where I was like, okay, there's something more to this story. There's something more to this character. Like, up until that point, she had been acting very childish, and she never really shows any growth. Up until that
1: point. So, does the ending reverse all that for you? Like, does it take all that away of her? No?
0: I don't think so, but I would have rather liked the collision or you're an idiot end (laughs) film.
1: Okay so you're you're right that they eventually like come back together that she cuz she kind of maybe not fully denies that like adulthood mature self but mm-hmm. i feel like when she's running for gary she is like hey there's there is something here that i want and need
0: well i think that's the whole message of the movie too like um like I think, and obviously I'm not in his mind, but I think Paul Thomas Anderson's trying to say like something to the likes of, you can easily drown in like the monotony of adulthood. Always remember to be a kid once in a while, um, yeah. because like she enters into that realm of professionalism with being part of, um, I think it's Joel Wax is his name played by Benny Safdie, Um, his campaign. And like, she realizes like kind of all the downsides of that. And she wants to have that sort of joyous, fun, free lifestyle. And Gary provided that for her. And I think there's a balance that is to be had between the two. Um, And she finds that in Gary potentially because he's seeking the same thing too, because he's had the quote unquote, Professional life as an actor and things like that. He presents he presents himself very professionally, um, but he becomes even more childish with Alana in the picture as well. So I do think they match together, but I do think platonically it would have just done the same thing.
1: Yeah, no, you're totally right there. Totally right. Um, I think what we can definitely learn from this, and if you've seen Paul Thomas Anderson movies. The dude is a beast that just writing complex characters. Mm -hmm. Um, I think There Will Be Blood is my favorite movie of all time, but I think, like, have you seen Magnolia? I haven't, no. Dude, the characters in there, it's like there's like, I don't know, seven or eight characters, and every single one of them could have their own movie, but they all get their perfect amount of time. Like, it's just he he is the man at putting characters in there and then yeah look at i mean we could talk about the characters for another hour but yeah it's it's really cool yeah i was
0: thinking of um daniel plainview like cuz in the first half of that movie i love him and i think he's this very noble guy and then i realize what he's doing and like how his son was all just a setup and things and like man i hate this guy like there's but i still felt something for him like there is so much complexity with his character and so much complexity with Alana and Gary, um, there was something along that same theme of like trying to find your inner child while still remaining professional and adult-like, um, shown through, and I think this is great writing as well, the gas shortage or the oil shortage, um, they're in the midst of making their waterbeds, um, There's the oil embargo, and I guess the vinyl for the waterbeds was made out of the oil, and Gary didn't know this, and Alana did, and like she's showing her maturity there and everything, um, while Gary is kind of just focused on the easy parts of the business. But what I wanted wait, to do. Wait, mention- wait, Yeah,
1: go, go, go. It's hilarious. Sorry I to interrupt. It is hilarious what he is looking at in the newspaper while she is figuring <laughs> out their real-world problems. <laughs> He's looking at like the dirty ads and stuff. Like that it's a perfect display of their their two characters.
0: That is so true. I never th- picked that up. That is great. Yeah, because yeah, I won't say what he was looking at, but <laughs> um Another ad, what I was going to get to like at the gas stations, there were signs on the street poles or whatever said out of gas, rent a bike. And like, I think that's like just the message of finding your balance between the monotonous adulthood and your joyous childhood, because there's nothing better than being a kid, having no homework, summer break your parents tell you to be in at six o'clock and you're playing cops and robbers with your friends on your bike. There's nothing better and more liberating than that. And I think like out of gas, rent a bike is basically saying like, remember to keep your youth. Maybe I'm looking into that too much.
1: No, I, I think that's a great point. And I didn't even think about this till now, but I think that, I mean, as teachers, we love to talk about symbols for things. I think a bicycle is Is maybe one of the best symbols of childhood. Like because you you can't drive a car and you're not walking to get where you're going, you're riding your bike. Like I think I remember seeing the strange the trailer for the first season of Stranger Things and even the art, it was like so much about those kids like being on their bikes. So I think, yeah, you connecting that I mean that's brilliant. That yeah, that sign right there says so much about. The movie is like yeah be be a kid
0: yeah and i think the kids or the characters find that gary and alana um yeah do i think they need to have that kiss at the end Ugh, man i really really wish that <laughs> kiss, hate wasn't the kiss. dude yeah uh i don't know were there any other like plot points you wanted to address um
1: i, I got uh, two scenes that i really want to talk about yeah uh the first one, we'll we'll kind of go in order just when they pop up. The first scene that I think is just amazing, uh, and it's really one shot specifically is the scene with Gary and Alana, and then the talent agent, um, the older lady smoking a cigarette. I don't remember her name. That's um, a, is that
0: Maya Rudolph though? Was that her? No, no, no.
1: Okay, she's the the older lady. Maya Rudolph is like the one who like meets Gary in the beginning, and
0: oh yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah,
1: this is uh, I I should just look it up, but it's the older lady and um, she's just smoking a cigarette. She's the one that is looking at Alana and calls her like a fighter. It's it's such a strange scene. But the close up of this older lady's face is one of the most beautiful just lighting and shots that I have seen in a movie in a long time. And I just absolutely love it. And I love the dialogue that happens during it. It's like funny and serious and you're, it feels awkward, but at the same time, uh, like I just want a movie to be shot like that one shot is the whole movie. Like, just give me these crazy close ups. Give me these. I I don't know. I I just love that shot so much. Uh, And you can't even see your full face. It's like I don't know. You're seeing half of her face. I don't know what it is about it. I just really like it.
0: No, I dig it. I really enjoyed all the costume design in this. Like anything set in the '70s in California, I'm gonna gravitate towards and like. Um, yes. Shout out, Lords of Dogtown. Um,
1: shout but, out, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, but like Gary Valentine, like his clothing alana her clothing like it fits so perfectly like the way alana is dressed like it's almost hard to tell is she 25 or is she 15 like i think she played it so well and then gary's trying to dress himself up and rather age himself up through his dress that, that last wears. yeah yeah the, the white suit with the white tie and the pink shirt come on man yeah. that's fly
1: <laughs> um this was one of my biggest points probably my biggest of the whole movie. You give me a movie, like like you said, a movie set in California in the 60s or 70s, it immediately, immediately gets 20 plus points added to it. Great. Like just, just the clothing, the stinking cars, man. Um, and then probably the biggest thing of all, this goes back to Once Upon a Time in Hollywood too, but this movie as well, This the soundtracks. They are brilliant. Like, I remember sitting in the theater just being upset that I could not, like, shazam every song (laughs) that was coming up as I was hearing it. Like, it's just perfect. So, yeah, give me any movie in the 70s in California, and I'm in. I'm in right away.
0: And the score for this film was really good, too. Specifically, like, when it's just the lengthy dialogue between... Alana and Gary like at the beginning I really love just the school pictures interaction because it is just like this long shot of them just talking it's not really like like creating anything like exciting per se but the conversation just shows us so much about their character and like anytime Gary's talking to her you can hear like the little jazz score in the background and like whenever I think of like the jazz score like I think of like a fancy restaurant where like really well-to-do people go. And like that's what Gary thinks he is. And so yeah. like I think that just fits totally perfect, even if they're talking in a high school gymnasium.
1: <laughs> okay. The other scene that I wanted to talk about, I think will wrap this all together perfectly. And that is it's we we kind of mentioned it, the Sean Penn scene. I think it's my my favorite scene from the movie. It is it. It's like out of place, but they still made it fit and made it work and made the our like two protagonists into this scene. But when they go outside to do the whole motorcycle stunt thing, I like right there. I love this movie so much right at that moment. When the old like director guy that's smoking a cigarette just turns and looks into the night sky and just goes, <laughs> ah, it's a great night for a jump. Like that, <laughs> it's <is, laughs> It's just these two old guys doing who knows what. Um, but when Sean Penn flies on that motorcycle and jumps like the burning pile of stuff and Gary's running the other way. And then we bring it all together with the soundtrack. When we hear, let me roll it like when they are slow motion walking back, just come on, man. (laughs) I want to watch that scene. I want to watch that scene. uh, Every sunset I ever look at in my life. Like, I don't know. I just, it is, it is a perfect scene and it's weird and it's, it's fantastic. I love it.
0: Can I, can I uh, say something without you judging me?
1: Uh, We'll find out. We'll find out. (laughs)
0: Yeah, this is cancel culture that we're living in, so I better be careful. Um, For the sake of the dramatics in that moment, I wish Alana would have fallen off the bike as they landed the jump. Rather than her just falling off right at the beginning, because I felt like that wasn't even that big of a fall.
1: But then we don't get a very key, key thing to this movie as a whole, the running yeah i <laughs> <There's> mean i <laughs> a lot, a lot of running in this movie
0: that was the fastest <laughs> we were... he was running too i was like dang is he on the track team here
1: <laughs> i was thinking like uh, man how many takes did this did this take because if he had to run like he is booking it uh, yeah. he probably lost some lbs during the <laughs> <shoot>.
0: <laughs> I yeah and i liked the shot where he jumped over the fire pit or whatever um because it wasn't like it was cool enough to like be like wow but it was also pretty lame honestly
1: <laughs> yeah it wasn't uh it wasn't hot rod jumping over the buses like it, it was it was I don't know I don't know if it gets more than I don't know five feet off the ground it's it's nothing crazy
0: it, it's the equivalent of like an eight-year-old doing an ollie off of a curb or something like you think it's so cool at, in the moment then you look back and you're like ah
1: it's the equivalent of uh, Pedro drunk, jumping the cinder blocks in the yeah. ball. I'd <laughs> be like, oh,
0: my God. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great parallel. But, yeah, I wish he would have fell. And I sound so mean, but I wish they would have landed the jump and, like, she, like, lost her hand on him and, like, she fell off and then everybody ran towards him and, like, he continues to, like, sh- be all showboaty and then uh gary runs to her and like he's the only one that would have been cool to see the contrast of like people going this way and then gary going this way but i don't know small critique there small critique the bigger critique is the kissing at the end i i do have a problem
1: (laughs) oh right those are those are by uh those are my main points what what else you got
0: that was it i just the the theme really stuck with me and i think it's Written in a way that like many people could miss and look at the fact that it is a 15 year old and a 25 year old and scoff at that. And like I had moments where I did that, but I think the story at its heart is awesome. Um, I do think it's well shot. I really like the costume design. Um, Alana's trying to find her childhood. She never had the chance to, as well as Gary. Very complex um i liked it i really really liked it that i have a closing connection um was there something else you wanted to say
1: oh uh, no no i think i mean yeah I, I love this movie i love it a lot yeah. um yeah i think i've said everything i need to say uh i guess maybe one last thing one last two things we do this every time we always think never- we're done <laughs> and we're never done Uh, Cooper Hoffman I think did awesome for like pretty much his first movie like crushed it and I think uh, I don't know the writing is good enough that I think most people could have crushed it actually no, I take that back because he does such a good job of being like so charismatic and everything that he does and um, the other thing would just be all the side characters I really liked all the weird random people that come into his life and out of it are are fantastic as well. But no, that's all. Yeah, like Lance, like Lance. Oh, Lance! What a character! (laughs) I know. And I will say, um, I'm gonna call him Cooper now. Dang it! What's his name? Gary. Gary's brother. Gary's younger brother. I can't. What's his name? I can't remember. He looks like a student of mine. Oh my God. That's what I was going to say. So we, we must be thinking of the same student. And I remember, I remember watching this movie and be like, I'm pretty sure this has to be this kid's younger brother. And I looked it up after, and he's got like some crazy last name. And I was like, nope, this is this is not him. But I thought the same thing. I was like, this is my student's brother. It has to be.
0: When we get off pod, we'll share the name. Yeah. Yeah. Um speaking of people, Cooper Hoffman. Um does he does he look like any other celebrity to you? Because he reminded me of someone.
1: Um his dad?
0: No. no. <laughs> he kind his of dad has, excluded. Yeah, yeah, his dad is excluded. Um, um he kind of I'm gonna just say it because I yeah. maybe I'm way left field. He has like the smile of Mac Miller.
1: Oh like
0: he no, I looks would like not. Mac
1: Miller. No, I would not have said that in a million years. Okay.
0: Yeah, go Google a picture of Matt Miller smiling and then Gary Valentine smiling. You could see some parallels. Okay, maybe,
1: maybe. And then also didn't have a buzz cut all the time.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think Gary does need a haircut. He's looking (laughs) looking a little bit homely there. Um, You you
1: really are sounding
0: like an old man on this episode. (laughs) (laughs) I'm showing my age, my 27 years. I think um Alana Kane's character. I can't remember the actress name. she did great. she killed it. Her name' Alana too It is. I think yeah. her parents in the film are they her parents in real life because they all shared the same last name like even the sisters
1: okay, yes, that her family in the movie is literally her family. That is like awesome. that well awesome. and the other thing is that Paul Thomas Anderson and the Hame sisters, they're a band. Um, did you know that? No. Yeah. So those three sisters, if you look it up, H-A-I-M, they're a band together. Um, he's directed like tons of their music videos. So oh. they're and I remember watching one of their music videos one time and be like, whoa, this is pretty cool. There's one music video. I don't know the song, but they're just walking all they're just the three of them are walking and it's this giant long shot and i remember a long time ago watching that and being like whoa this is cool and then yeah after this i was like oh that makes a lot of sense because paul thomas anderson made it oh that's super cool yeah yeah that's her actual family those are her actual sisters yeah
0: oh that's awesome yeah that makes me like it a little bit more that's cool that's really really cool
1: yeah um you ready for a score yeah um you go first uh, first time I watched this movie, I gave it a 95. I, I mean, I I loved it. Um, and I, I, after watching it this time, uh, I brought it down to a 93. I, I still, again, I would say I love it. I wrote in my review last time that I watched it that like this movie makes me smile a lot. And it definitely <laughs> does. Like there's a lot of parts that I laugh at or I'm just like, man, this is what a life that these kids have. Um, so yeah, 93. It's I think it's a great movie. And again, California in the 70s, 20 point bump.
0: Yeah, you can't beat it. Um well, I'm at a 92. Jeez, man. We, we suck. <laughs> I know. And I looked up the scores on Rotten Tomatoes afterwards because people are gonna always say, Oh, they just look up the scores and then do whatever the critics do and then do it close to that. I don't. I always do my score first and then look it up. Rotten Tomatoes critics, 91 audience. Do you, have you seen it? Do you want to take a guess?
1: I'm guessing audience is going to be, I feel like a lot of people don't like the age thing. I want to go at 84. I think it's a 65. No way. No way it's that low. Wow. (laughs) But I guess that's what we were saying is that you, I I would see a lot of people watching this movie and just being like, wow, nothing happened. That was boring.
0: Yeah, 91, tomato meter, audience score, 65.
1: Wow. So, and you know what that tells me is that if I ever watched this movie in film studies, which obviously couldn't, kids would (laughs) hate this movie.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I don't think, like, it's about kids, but I don't think it's a kid movie. No. Yeah. Yeah. All right. We're always so close. That kind (laughs) of sucks.
1: (laughs) What's your connection? I'm interested because I don't Um, I don't have a good one. So I want to hear yours.
0: I think it's just goes back to my theme of like remembering your youth and finding your inner child in everything you do, Um, especially with teaching. Like you can be the monotonous teacher like we see in Ferris Bueller's Day Off where he's just rambling off kids names and like you can tell there's no Livelihood or energy to him. The kids feel it like they're all just drooling. Um, I think when you go into teaching, you have to bring in obviously your professionalism and you have to hold yourself and the kids to high standards, but you also want to have fun and be like joyous with them and share in their high school celebrations and things like that. And remember that being a kid is important and vital to just human development and hanging on to that as you grow. So that's the connection.
1: Yeah, I'm kind of I'm kind of right there with you. Like I talked about the scene of Moana um like sitting on the curb just being like, what am I doing with my life hanging out with these kids? Wait,
0: did you just say Moana?
1: I said Moana. Oh, is that her name? No. That would be quite the crossover Moana and Licorice Pizza. Um But no, that scene where she's just like, what am I doing? This sucks hanging out with these teenagers. I am the exact opposite of that. Like I, and even the scene at the end too, where she's just like, you're an idiot to him. I'm the exact opposite of that as well. There are so many times that either I am doing just completely random, stupid things in my room just to get a laugh or just to get some engagement. And there are also many, many times where kids are just, Kids are so dumb Um,
0: (laughs) in the most loving way possible
1: in the best way. And I love them for it. And they're hilarious and they sometimes don't have their heads screwed on straight. But I think that a big part of like my teaching philosophy is diving into that and using that to my advantage because that makes things it just makes life so much more enjoyable in the classroom, just the best. It's a good time. Yeah, I agree. I could
0: piggyback, but I, I like that. Let's we'll put a pin in it. And I say this every episode. They don't pay you enough, Mr. Ray. You need a pay raise, pay bump.
1: You know, I'm sure that if uh, the school district we work for listen to this podcast in a second, they would be like, you know what? This guy needs more money. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what they would think. <laughs> yeah.
0: uh, X-Ray, what are we watching next week?
1: Okay. Uh, Our next episode is going to be coming out pretty close to uh, one of the greatest American holidays of all time, which is Mm -hmm. the 4th of July. So I put about two seconds of thought into picking this movie. We're going to be watching. Well, actually, let me set this up a little bit better. (laughs) What could be more American than fighting off alien invasion? (laughs) I knew that's where you were going. Okay, okay. I just needed to put that line in there because, I, I mean, really, what could be more American? We've already, I guess, we've already talked about the Sandlot, hot dogs. I was going to say, I guess,
0: if you're eating a hot dog while doing it,
1: and there's fireworks, there's got to yeah. be fireworks, and and baseball. So we'll try and add all that in to our movie for next week, which is Independence Day. Uh, Will Smith. Will Smith. I mean. He's he's the main attraction for this movie. Um, but yeah, Independence Day it is streaming on Amazon Prime. Awesome. So Independence Day, I mean, I mean, I'm sure that this is a movie that we've both seen, correct? It's been a while. It's not on my spreadsheet, so it'll be good that I'm
0: putting it up on the spreadsheet.
1: Yeah, I don't I don't think it's online either because I don't remember watching it recently. So it'll be it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting. It's one of those like movies that uh, I would say it's maybe the opposite of Licorice Pizza, Rotten Tomatoes wise. I bet that the audience score is higher than the critic score. We'll see though.
0: I would agree. Yeah. Oh, that, I'm interested to talk about that one. Um, I feel like you always have the perfect windows for like holidays and things like that related to your episodes. Like you're very um, cognizant of the moment and I appreciate that and I respect that.
1: Well, it's it's hard to pick these movies, man. And so when I can find some context to put it in, that makes it a lot easier.
0: I agree. Yeah, so TTF Nation, we need your help. Um, help us decide what movies we should watch. Tweet at us at Teacher Film Talk. Let us know what you want us to review. We will get to it. Um, but let us and know, I know.
1: It's, it's tough. There, it's- have, there have been some people who have... Um, done that I, we're going to pick those movies eventually Like right? Th- those are going to happen this, this didn't feel, you know, it's summer man, this felt like the right time to watch just a summer movie yeah, I agree, I agree it fits the
0: context, like I said you're a man of context and I think that's what I like most about you um, but yeah, we'll get to those um, that's top of the list that's top of the list <laughs> a pretty short list brother <laughs>
1: <laughs> all right next week i'm picking uh picking home alone two. so <laughs> how's that for two, followed by home alone two. <laughs>
0: uh, awesome all righty x-ray ttf nation until next time do your homework eat some hot dogs play some baseball watch independence day and peace out peace out